Welcome, everybody, once again to another fantastic episode of Digital Selling Secrets podcast and uh, webcast. And we're here with a fantastic, uh, fantastic guest once again. I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but we had a great laugh just before we started. Jim Edwards with <laughs> ClickFunnels. And, uh, and uh, Jim Edwards is a, uh, is a uh, fantastic uh, copywriter, and he's going to talk a lot about that today. But before we started the podcast, we were talking about um, unicorns, beards, uh, Elmo, Mickey Mouse <laughs> podcast. I mean, sorry, uh, Batman and all sorts of things. So I'm, I'm still thinking about that and laughing. Um, and laughing along with me is our co-host, um, uh, Gary Dennis with UnbiasedData.com. And I just want to give a really quick shout out to Unbiased, sorry, to, of course, to Unbiased Data, one of our sponsors. And another sponsor is Odds Marketing. Thank you very much, guys. Please make sure you check them out. And I'd uh, like to hand it over to uh, Jim. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. And I did a really brief uh, intro, but if you would tell the audience a little bit more about yourself, please. Sure. Well, I'm excited to be here with you guys. And selling is a passion of mine, though. When I first started selling right after I graduated from college, it was not a passion of mine. It was a what am I doing trying to sell things to other people type of experience. And actually, Quitter got fired from seven different sales jobs in my first 18 months out of school. And the best job I could get was driving for Domino's. So I've come a long <laughs> way since then. Wow. But, uh, you know, it was funny. Once I, once I figured it out, I went from being dirt poor to driving a paid-for Acura, owning my house, wearing $400 suits, which back in 1992, a $400 suit was a nice suit. Um, and, and it all came down to my ability to sell, sell in person and also to sell with content because I didn't know it at the time, but I was actually cutting my teeth on content marketing and um, uh, sales copy way back in 1992, 1993, everything from running ads for the bank that I was uh, working for, even though the compliance department just literally had heart attacks every time I would send over the ads that I wanted to run. And, uh, but also with the flyers and the stuff that I was, I mean, this is pre-internet days. So used to go around to real estate offices and, and um, closing agents and stuff looking for business. And I would show up with flyers in my hand that had real catchy headlines so that people would read them and call me and buy my money. So that's, I mean, that's, that's my background, like how I got into sales. Um, as far as selling online, I wrote a book on how to sell your house yourself. And I was tired of working for a bank. So I said, you know what? I go be a real estate agent because it obviously is not that hard. I've seen them all doing this, but I wanted to have some sort of a, a unique angle. So I wrote a book on how to sell your house yourself and I tried to get it published and I got rejected by 40 different publishers. It was more than that, but I stopped counting at 40 and just cause the, even, even with my thick skin in sales, it was still, it was getting a little rough, you know, it's like, yeah, your book sucks. It, it, that's corporate speak. They tell you your book sucks. It takes a couple paragraphs. But, um, so I just for on a, on a whim said, okay, let me, let me see if I can sell this on the internet. And so I had to figure out sales copy. I had to figure out how to put up a website, but the biggest thing I had to do was figure out how to put webs on, put words on a screen that got people to send me money without mm -hmm. me actually talking to them. And once you know the patterns, it's easier 
than you think, but if you don't know the patterns, it's a nightmare. So copywriting is really all about just knowing the patterns and plugging your business into it. And so that's kind of how it all started. And we fast forward to today and I've morphed into a trainer speaker slash software developer who specializes in teaching people how to create content and copy that cause people to send them money to dial the phone or fill out forms that turn them into leads. And all of that is based not on theory. It's all based on my direct experience over the last 22 years, building up lists of hundreds of thousands of people, selling hundreds of millions of dollars worth of stuff of both my own products and other people's products as an affiliate and speaking all over the world and all that kind of cool stuff. So I don't know if that's the intro you were looking for, but that's the intro I got. I, I think it's a fantastic intro right there. Yeah, I, I think it's a great intro as well. And, and I got connected to at least viewing Jim's content um, after I, I ran across Russell Brunson. So a little over a year ago, I was on a sales team in Houston and responsible for a big territory. And I was trying to figure out how to reach a ton of people and, 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 and not just driving across town and back and spending half your day driving, actually try to, to find the people that are interested and be very focused in that approach. So I I started going to conferences on um, digital marketing and then I ran across Russell Brunson. Of course, I'm a, you know, dot-com secrets, <laughs> expert secrets, the uh, funnel hacker cookbook. And then most recently the uh, one funnel away, one funnel away challenge here. Um, so, oh, oh yes, yes. You don't have that. Not yet. I saw. I we, saw you. I, could, we were just going to bring that up, actually. That you said, "Hey, you had the uh, real estate book, but now something else is coming up." I, but I anyway, said, I I distract and I digress. I apologize. No, I saw that book, and uh, I'm looking forward to that one coming out. It's not out yet, right? It, no, it's not. A long story, long toward a story that not worth telling, but it will be coming out this fall. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And so when I was studying digital marketing, it seems like copywriting is. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the key. I mean, people talk about having a pretty website and being creative, and, but ultimately it's what you're communicating, your message you're communicating. Yep. And so when I was reading all these books, I saw this tool that, that um, Jim had mentioned in, in one of the videos I watched, and you just you answer the questions, and then it generates all the copywriting for you. It could be headlines. It could be scripts for videos. It could be your sales letter. And, and there's so many different options that I'm still – figuring out or making my way. I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out. It's pretty intuitive, but you got to work your way through it because there's so many um, options available. And so that was funnel scripts. And when I ran across that, I'm like, man, this is really cool. I was like showing my wife and she's like, what, why are you, why are you so hyped up about this? I'm like, well, look at you <laughs> type this in and it generates it yourself and you save hours of time. So it was really cool um, that I, I ran across that. And, and so um, I'm, I'm glad glad I got connected with Jim through that. And so I've been following his content regularly and um, excited you know, about it. This, this whole thing of um, creating copy, um, I think as a salesperson, it, it's kind of a difficult concept to, or, or a foreign concept to, to grasp. I, I remember when I first started reading about it for the sake of sales was when um, I was reading a book by um, or reading something by Ramit Sethi, the guy who wrote, um, I will teach you to be rich. And he was talking about the importance of creating copy and such. How did you stumble upon that, uh, Jim? Um, 
how, it, because you said as a sales guy, so that's not something that, you know, you think, hmm, I need to make some good copy. I mean, how did you stumble across that? Right. So when I was doing it by accident, I wasn't really, I wasn't really doing it consciously. It was more just modeling stuff that I was seeing other people doing. And so a lot of times, you know, that's like follow, the followers following the follower. And so it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing something right. But I at least started learning, okay, headlines are the number one thing I guess I better get good at. It was a conscious decision. It okay. was, you know, in 2001, after I'd been screwing around on the internet and I realized, you know what, just what you said, copy is important. In fact, copy is the most important thing. So in 2001, I made a decision that I was going to get really good at copy, which meant studying, practicing, it basically studying, doing, putting it out and measuring results. That's, that's how you get good at copy. And so copy <clears throat> is, if you want to just break it down, copy is words that come out of your mouth or words you put on a page or on a screen to get people to do something, to take some sort of an action whether it's to buy something, try something, call on the phone, fill out a form, that's pretty much, or click a link. Those are the five things that people can do. That's it. I mean, they're either going to buy directly, they're going to fill out a form, they're going to call you, they're going to try something, watch more content, you know, go, go to the next thing, or they're going to click on a link. So when you understand that, it kind of takes the mystery out of it. Because then you realize, okay, what is the purpose of this copy that I'm creating? So if as a salesperson, a business to business salesperson, is my purpose to get somebody to buy directly through my website or to call me on the phone to become a lead? And that's pretty much the two, those are the two main options you're going to have in a B2B situation. Correct me if I'm wrong. I so, agree. so the thing is, if, if it's too if it's to, to get them to fill out a form, then what I have to do is offer them something that has a high enough perceived value to overcome their desire to not get pitched or spammed or bothered or annoyed or whatever they're, in their mind, they're thinking we're, we're gonna get, I'm, I'm, if I fill this out, I'm gonna get the crap annoyed out of me. As opposed to, I need to fill this out because I really want what they're offering me here. And one of the big mistakes I think people make, and this is a real problem, people differentiate between business to business and business to consumer. There's really no difference as far as the fact that you're dealing with human beings. And if you want to know the, the perfect analogy for it, go watch Trading Places when Eddie Murphy is telling the old guys about why they should not buy pork bellies until they drop and hit bottom. Okay. Right. If you haven't seen the scene, you can see it on YouTube. Yes. Eddie Murphy, pork bellies, trading places. It's, it's people and people are driven by emotion and that emotion is driven by fear of loss and desire for gain, greed. So if you can promise to make somebody, you know, to help somebody make money, save money, save time, avoid effort, escape pain, to look good to their boss, to look good to their peers, then they will fill out your form. They will become a lead. And, but what most people do is they sell whatever they're selling. They sell what it is, not what it does for the person who's making the buying decision. And yes, you do have to talk about features and things like that, but you still, if you... If you grab somebody's attention 
And you talk about the benefits and the meaning behind all of the different features of your product or your service or whatever, and then offer them something of value in exchange for filling out a form and becoming a lead. You will have more leads than you know what to do with. D does that make sense? Yes, yes. You're tapping into or tuning into, like I, I like to say, WIIFM, what's in it for me? Absolutely. And right. just because it's B2B doesn't mean that WIIFM is not playing all the time. Right. In fact, WIIFM is playing more so because people are worried if they make a mistake in a buying process that it might cost them their job. So it's got much higher implication for them than just figuring out, hey, am I going to buy this course or buy this thing off of Amazon where it's a no-brainer. So selling to business to business actually has a lot more connotation sometimes in somebody's life than just buying something in the consumer world. But it's still people. It's people selling to people and people are motivated by fear of loss and desire for gain. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it sounds like people just want their problem solved, whether they're working for a corporation or they're consuming a product that there's a problem they want solved and they want somebody to solve it. And they want somebody to make them look good with the least amount of effort on their part while they're looking good. Right. And, and if you think about just as far as I'm going to show you, I'm going to draw something out for you guys real quick. Is this a video podcast or just a, it, it's both. Both. Yep. both. Okay, so, well, for those of you not paying attention on the video, you're going to miss this. But, um, and you might wonder why, why do I have a $100 bill at the top of my whiteboard? It's because every time I show this whiteboard, it should be worth $100. So you guys tell me if what I show you is worth 100 bucks or not. All right. <laughs> the first thing you got to do, no matter what you're selling and communicating, is you got to grab somebody's attention. That $100 no. bill got our intention, so okay. you, already, you already got the value there. <laughs> there you go. But the thing is, you got to grab attention. So on an email line, on an email, what grabs their attention? What's the first thing they see? The subject line. The subject line. So if your subject line's no good, is your email going to get read? No. If you got the best email in the world and it doesn't get read, is it going to make you any sales or get you any leads? No. Did you spend some time on the subject line? Probably not. Yes, you should. You should spend a lot of time on the subject line. Right. Okay. If somebody's reading your ad, what's the first thing they're going to see? Headline. Headline. They're either going to see the headline or in the case of an online ad, they're going to see a picture. Right. Okay. That's so best ad in the world. Bad headline. Nobody reads it. No picture or bad picture. Nobody reads it. So do you think you would, should spend the majority of your time coming up with your headline and figuring out what picture is going to grab people's attention? Oh, without a doubt, yes. Here's the reality. This is the 80-20 rule. I don't know if that's the Pareto print. I can never can remember Pareto. that. Yes, yes, it is. The 80-20 rule is spend 80% of your time grabbing the attention of the right people and 20% of your time just giving them a good, solid sales message which there are two main um, formats you can use to, to do a sales message, whether it's three words long or, well, three sentences long or 30 pages long. So your subject line, your ad, if you're doing content marketing and it's the article, what do you think is the most important part of the article if you're doing content marketing? Headline. Headline, that's right. Okay, if it's a meme, what do you think it is? Oh, the picture. 
the picture. Yeah, the picture and then the words that follow a specific pattern. Okay, so any kind of content, anything that you're going to do, what about a special report? What do you think is the most important part of the special report? Headline. Not the headline, the title. But oftentimes yeah. the title is the headline right. and that's the best thing to do is the title's the headline, the headlines are the title. Okay. And the other thing though, with a special report is you need to have a really good graphic. Right. Okay. It's got to look like a New York times bestseller, even if it's a, a crappy little white paper. So you see, no matter what you're doing. Oh, and if you call somebody on the phone, have, have you guys ever done cold calls? I've done more cold calls. If I could have 10 bucks for every cold call I made in my life, we wouldn't be talking right now. <laughs> we call a lot. What's, what's yeah, the so. most important part of a cold call? Connecting um, emotionally? No. The first words that come out of your friggin' mouth. It, you, you know whether you're going to lose them in the, in the first five to 10 seconds, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. In the scripts right. that you're using, don't you usually open up with a question or a benefit statement or something once you introduce right. your Right. Okay. So, I mean, whatever it is, grabbing attention is the number one thing. And if you're going to, if we're going to take it even a little bit further, it's grabbing attention of the right people and pre-framing them the right way. Now, a great example of that is as far as attention goes is I can yell sex and everybody's going to stop what they're doing and be like, what's going on? And say, hey, now that I've got your attention, let's talk about Roto-Rooter and how we can replace your, it's like, <laughs> come on now. So the number one thing when we're talking about any type of communication is you have to get people's attention. And you get people's attention by, by bringing up either a problem or a desired solution. You know, that's really interesting that you just said that, especially because when it comes to the phone, you know, that, that, that really clicked when you said that with cold calls, as opposed to saying, hey, how's it going? My name is Jerry. And then the other guy, the other guy is already like, okay, what do you want from me? Right. And uh, whereas yeah. if you were able to um, explain why you are providing value right there, right. that gives them a reason to stay on the phone. You're trying to start a conversation that they're already having inside their head, you know, so depending on what you're doing, I mean, give me an example of like what, what, what you would sell, Gary, you know, what, what's something you've sold in the past? Um, so we provide, my company provides an outsourced sales team. So if a company wants to enter a new market or let's say they have an existing sales team and they don't, some of the accounts aren't getting the support they need then we can be, well, it's an outsourced digital sales team. So like LinkedIn messaging, uh, inbound prospecting, generating content. Um, but one thing we found helpful is when you, like on LinkedIn, you could look at somebody's profile and see where you have a personal connection with someone before you call them. Let's say they're interested in Habitat for Humanity and somebody on our team is also connected to Habitat for Humanity. We can call them up and say, Hi, my name's Gary Dennis. I was trying to get in touch with XYZ company, but we don't know anyone at this company. But I looked at your profile and saw that you were involved with Habitat for Humanity and work for this company. And so am I. And so you make that personal connection. So it's all about trying to engage that human to human interaction. And then and then typically we'll open up with the the value that we bring after we have that bonding and rapport time. And right. I, th I think can I be honest with you, Gary? That sounds fake as hell to me. I wouldn't and be like, hey, Jim Edwards, you know, I, I, you like guns. I see you like guns. I like guns. Yeah, I like guns. 
what do you, what do I care if you could, and again, you're going to try different stuff, but like me in this situation, again, I'm not, I, and, and you can cut this out of the pot. Oh no, no, it's good. But that's what, if, that's I what went to, if I was like, you know, in a, in a sales copy situation, you can't do that. And I guess that's why I'm having the reaction that I'm, I'm having because sales copy, it's, it's one way you see it, you, Gary, you, Jerry, see it as the customer. And that's like, boom, I'm either, it either catches me or it doesn't. I don't right. have time to figure out what we have in common. All I can do is immediately come in with what a problem that I know you have if you're in my target audience. So what you just said about, you know, we'd offer an outside salespeople. I would ask a question. Are you tired of hiring crappy salespeople that you end up having to fire in the, within three months? There's a headline that some of us go, yeah, I hate that. Well, it gets even worse because if they're with you long enough, then you get into a situation where you have to pay unemployment. You don't know what kind of theft and other crazy stuff is going on. Plus, it's your reputation on the line every time that person talks to somebody. What if there was a better solution? Well, there is. It's outsourcesalesforce.com. Here's what we do that is so much better than the traditional in-house salesperson. We do this, we do this, we, you know, we bring in a team and, and we train, we manage, we take care of the team. We do all the different things that you do that eliminate all the headaches that typically come with hiring an in-house salesperson. Plus you don't have the, um, the employee expense, you don't have, you know, it's basically, I don't know how to sell it from there. But if you think about it, me, as a potential customer, if you're using sales copy and you hit on the problems that you know I have, hey, not making enough sales, not making enough backend sales, not getting whatever the corporate speak is for that, you know, not getting enough MRR or, or whatever the acronyms are. If you're not getting enough of this or again, testing headlines, do you want, you know, are you a, a 10 to $20 million company that would like to double your revenue in the next 10, in the next 10, in the next 12 to 24 months. Well, to do that, you're going to have to do this, 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 and this, and that's exactly what we do. So that's the other, the first formula was basically problem, agitate, solve, state the problem, make it worse, solve it. The other one is basically great big promise. So if you'd like this, if you'd like this benefit, this benefit, and this benefit, then this is the most important ad you'll see all year, the most important webinar you'll see all year, the most important phone call you'll take all year, and here's why. Because if you want to do this, this is, what you're gonna, this is what people normally have to do, and basically you do a before and after bridge. So it's like, here's where most people are, and here's where you'd like to be, and here's how we can bridge that for you. So again, when you're calling on people, I, I want to circle back and say, you know, I wasn't ripping on what you're saying. From a, from a cold call perspective, that's doable. From a sales copy and a content marketing, it's not doable at all. Right. Because um, you, you don't have that two-way communication. Right. I, I know when, with cold calling, if you start off and you sound too salesy or, or, or you sound like a cold call, then they'll shut you down. And so the idea was, I know you mentioned pre-framing on the whiteboard. So the idea was to pre-frame it as, oh, this is a, also an A&M alumni. So now you're, you're part of the community instead of just a salesperson calling them. But the copywriting piece, that's, that's a great point on, on the difference between cold calling and copywriting. 
one, one thing I struggle with, and I guess it ties back to the appearing because you, for example, I listened to the HBR podcast last week, right? And also listened to Russell Brunson's marketing secrets podcast. And both of them are good content, but Russell's um, a lot more energy, a lot more excitement, a lot. For me, it's great. But then you listen to HBR and it's good content and it's very like formal, like, you know, mono, you know very calm, um, one tone of voice through the whole thing. And it seems like that with copywriting, there's two extremes as well, um, where you have one which is very formal writing and the other is a lot of, you know, italics, uh, colors, um, how do you, how do you know when to use what? Because sometimes it just doesn't fit. It feels like. Yeah. Well, you got to know your audience. You got to know your audience's expectations and you gotta, it also depends on how you're positioning yourself and the voice uh, that the copy's coming from my background. That's why I mentioned the bank, you know, the, the compliance department when I worked at the bank was like, we always know when Jim's ads come through because they used words you weren't supposed to use and, and they were they were trying to be funny and catchy and all this other stuff, which was not typical bank stuff. So I was writing for my end audience, but I wasn't paying attention to the first audience I had to go through, which was the compliance department. So you got to understand who your audience is and what their expectations are, but you also have to choose your voice. And again, depending on who you are, who your audience is and what kind of a company you're doing, you, you want to have a voice that's memorable. And there's a saying, I heard it, I remember exactly where I was. It was February of 2003 and I was in Ybor City in, in Florida. How's that for knowing exactly where you were? And a guy was giving a speech and he said, love me, hate me, there's no money in the middle. And I was like, what? Wait a minute, what? And he said, love me, hate me, there's no money in the middle. I make people make a decision about me. And I said, I want to do that. And forever after that, it was like, look, I got a position. I have, um, I have opinions. I have the way I think things are. And whether you agree with me or not, this is the way I am. Because people respond to a strong personality. They respond to a strong opinion and someone who has the power of their convictions, especially if they don't know anything. So if you know what you're talking about, act like you know what you're talking about, because then people will say, you know what? That person knows what they're talking about. I can trust them to at least not be wishy-washy and will probably get some stuff done. So you need to do that in your sales copy and in your in-person presentations. Are you going to rub somebody the wrong way sometime? You probably will. Yeah. I know it's hard to believe, even though I'm wearing this hat, which says, warning, I will more than likely offend you at some point. <laughs> I have rubbed people the wrong way, but you know what? They still buy my stuff because some of them buy my stuff in order to hate me more. <laughs> and that's fine. I have no problem. Their money spends. So you, you got to have, a, you know, not like a cheesy personality, but just like a strong, confident personality. And that's going to make a big difference. And that comes through in your sales copy and in your content. And I keep saying, you know, content and copy, there's no difference. Really good content is really good copy. And really good copy is really good content. That There's really no difference. And, and you, so you don't write them differently. Absolutely. So, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, we're, I know we're running short on time. Um, right. 
So, uh, Jim, if you can tell us where can people viewing or listening find more information about copywriting and what you have to offer? Well, if you would like a tool that helps business-to-business salespeople just like you go from blank screen to compelling content and money-making sales messages at the push of a button with no experience required. So, if you haven't written sales copy before, you need to go check out funnelscripts.com, which Gary has. And we have a really cool webcast you can watch there. We teach you three critical, critical secrets about copywriting and give you a cool demo of the tool. And if you'd like to know more about me personally, if you dare, then you can go check out the jimedwardsmethod.com. My blog is there and you can get uh, links to my products and stuff like that. I'm going to warn everybody right now uh, when it comes to Jim Edwards, like you said, if you dare, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Unicorns definitely because you can <laughs> see one in the back. Behind him, but <laughs> Don't make fun. Hey, Jim, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Gary, you want to take us out? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, awesome conversation. <laughs> Well, Jim, I'll, I'll continue to, to look for more of your content as it comes out. Look, look forward to reading your book as well. And um, yes, thanks again, Jim, for being on the podcast and for, for the viewers and listeners out there. Tune in to Digital Selling Secrets for more content on how to sell digitally. Thank you.